Beautiful. Well, guys, listen, we have a very awesome special guest uh, teacher in this place tonight. Um, a man we like to call Mr. Evan Hartzell. And uh, Evan is an awesome, awesome individual who uh, works over at Club Christ, and he'll talk more about that kind of stuff. But uh, let's welcome Evan here tonight, guys. All right. We good? Good. All right, so I'm Evan. Um, you've probably met my baby mama. Um, she's been here before, and uh, we did get married before she became my baby mama. She's my baby mama. Her name's Vanessa. She was here, um, I don't know, probably a year ago. She'll be here tonight. Uh, but she's awesome, and I'm not so awesome, but I'm going to be great tonight because God is great, right? So um, let's give you guys just what I got. So I do, um, I do teach um, kids actually uh, kids and teenagers at Club Christ every week um, in some rough neighborhoods in town. Uh, you guys ever been to Martin Luther King and Cary? Um, that's kind of in the hood. So that's where the past um, almost 10 years now I've been serving. Uh, we also have a, a place right next to LMCA. I don't, I don't know if you know, but LMCA is kind of near the hood too. You guys got some hood in your backyard. Um, Right up the street, uh, behind that 7-Eleven, is where I serve also. And we love on kids every afternoon. And what we do is we help them with homework. We uh, help them read. I mean, these are kids who are really far behind and just need a little extra help. And if any of you guys want to talk about serving in your city and just being a part of an inner city ministry, come let me, let me know at the end. Um, our website is just clubchrist.org. And it's an awesome place to serve. So that's my plug. Club Christ is great. Um, check it out. So um, tonight, oh, I wish this went down more. Um, tonight I'm talking about a parable that you're probably all familiar with. Uh, but before we get there, the title of my message tonight is Where's the Party At? And uh, we'll talk about that. Where's the party at tonight? Uh, well, speaking of parties, um, I went to Gorman. Gorman has some pretty cool parties. Um, I don't know if you know, but that's kind of where it was at for me. Um, and it's a school that everyone loves to hate, you know, because th- that's just true. That's just the response I get. Every time I mention I went to Gorman, people are like, Gorman? Ugh. It's just because we're better than you. Okay, it's okay. You got to hate, that's fine. Just because we can beat you in basketball, that's fine. Just because we... We got you on the football field, too. Maybe on the tennis court, too. Maybe in a volleyball, too. Oh, man, am I getting personal? Um, soccer field, dodgeball, even. I mean, paper, rock, scissors, everything. We got you beat. Because what is that good? Um, I don't know what to say. But um, that's Gorman. And I went there, and it was before Gorman blew up and got all these NBA stars. Man, I wish. I played basketball. Um, I actually played with a guy that's in the NBA. His name's C.J. Watson, and he used to play for the Bulls. Um, taught him everything he knows, you know. But uh, now he schooled me. He was a freshman. I was a sophomore. We played in the same JV squad, and whew, he was good back then. So, um, but uh, back to Gorman throwing parties. So, man, everyone at Gorman um, seems to live in a mansion. I don't know what it what it's like, but they roll up and they're literally like. They don't have Rolls Royce, but they got, like, Escalades and, like, all kinds of stuff. I had a beat-up old Honda, but um, that's just me. But everyone seemed to live in 
these gated communities. And so if you got invited to a party, you had to be on the list, right? Because, right, they lived in these nice gated communities. They throw it at their parents' house. And so you had to be on the list to get in because you had to go talk to the security guard. And so um, that was a big deal in high school for me, to be on the list. If I made it on the list, you make it on the list? Are you going to the party now? Are you on the list? And so we text each other and uh, say, hey, put me on the list, man. I want to go to this party tonight. And so um, that's what I was kind of all about in, uh, in high school. And really, these parties, though, we weren't celebrating anything. I mean, really, like, right, most parties in high school, you're not celebrating anything. You're just getting together to, like, drink and just stand around and talk to each other and, like, turn the music up. No one dances at these parties. I wish they did. I love dancing. Um, but, I mean, back in the day, like, we'd be getting some jams on. Like, you ever heard of Montel Jordan? Oh, that's, that's too old school. This is how we do it. This is how we do it. That's my, that's like, that's me in high school. I would just be like, what? we walking in, what's up? You know, and I don't know. It was just, it was fun. That was where the party was at for me. Um, but for me, it wasn't, man, it was, it wasn't the best because, see, I was just too cool to drink, right, man? I didn't need to have to sit there and spend all this time, you know, drinking one beer and then drinking the next beer and then drinking. Man, that was, it took too much time, too much effort. So for me, I was like, hey, shortcut, I'll just pop a pill. Maybe two, maybe three, depending on the night, maybe four or five. And that way, I would just get there real fast, real fast. And so at Gorman, man, you could get stuff quick because people have pockets and pockets are filled with money. And when you got pockets filled with money, you got to spend that money on something. And so for us, we spent it on drugs. And, man, I got caught up in that scene so deep. You, know, you want to know the kind of stuff that we, we saw and did. And I mean, I had friends making trips to Tijuana to buy these pills, to strap them to their legs, to, to come back and to, to sell them to their friends. And I had friends get caught and get thrown in prison. I mean, we were in it pretty deep. It was not um, always fun and games. And uh, for me, you know, like, I just thought, man, that's, that is life, right? That's all this other stuff. I got to go to school. I got to do all of my responsibilities. But, man, just wait till Friday night. Man, just wait till that next part. Wait till that next, that next um, time when I can just score some, you know, some drugs or I can drink or I can just get together with my homies and just, just kick in and play a little it wasn't Xbox back then, it was N64. So play a little N64, my friends, a little Goldeneye. I don't know if you know that either, but that was the hottest game out. Um, and, man, we, uh, we wasted our time in high school. Um, and, I, man, I, I wasn't out there serving in the city. <laughs> I mean, there were just as many broken kids in these communities around me, but I didn't, I didn't care. I was worried about the parties. And for me, it was all about me, right? I was just going to get what I wanted, when I wanted, and how I wanted it. And if anyone got in the way, if my parents got in the way and said, uh-uh, I don't want you doing that, I didn't care. I just went around them. I just got secret, right? I just hid stuff a little bit better. And uh, my story, at least that side of the story, is a lot like the guy we're going to read about tonight in, uh, in Luke. Because we're reading about the prodigal son. And I don't know about you, but in my Bible, it's not actually called the prodigal son. I don't know how I got that name. 
maybe that's King James or whatever, but it says the lost son, the parable of the lost son. And uh, we're in Luke 15. If you guys want to get there, we'll be there tonight. Um, but it really shouldn't be called that because that's kind of, that's, that's kind of not really the whole story. Because in this story, there's two sons. There's an older and a younger, and they're both lost. And so, really, what this parable should be called is the parable of the lost sons, with an S. Uh, but they missed that part. So, um, so I'm going to read the first little section, uh, verse 11 through 13. Right here, and I got NIV. I don't know what you got, but that's what I got. So, um, Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, father, give me my share of the state. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the father, no, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. All right, so this dude... Man, I mean, have you ever asked your dad for money? I don't know. I used to all the time. Um, so it's just something you do, right? Like you go up, you're like, I'm going out. I have 20 bucks, you know, like I just need some money, right? I don't have a car. I don't have a job. Um, well, this was the equivalent of asking your dad, Dad, can I have, the, can I have this house? Can you just give that to me? Um, and you know that car you drive? Yeah, can you give that to me too? And I need a new phone, and yours is not. It, it's, I got the iPhone 4, you got the iPhone 5. I, can you just give that to me? Um, and give, can you give me some cash? Actually, a lot of cash. Uh, just give me your credit card instead. So this was the equivalent of that, because in the Middle East, um, that's what fathers gave to their sons. They gave their sons everything. They gave them their job. They gave them their house. They gave him their car. They didn't have a car, but maybe like their horse. Um, And here's the thing, though. Um, You weren't supposed to get that till your dad died, right? So your dad would die. He'd give you the inheritance that was yours. Um, The older son would get two-thirds. The younger son would get one-third. And so what is this telling us about how this dude feels about his dad? I mean... He's pretty much saying, you're dead to me. You're dead to me. You know, he's, he's saying, come on. You're dead to me. And he walks away. It's literally like a spit in the face in the Middle East. It was, it was so disrespectful to ask for your inheritance. Why your father's healthy and alive? And this guy didn't care about that. What was he cared about? Me. 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 That's what he wanted. This what he wanted, man, he just, he wanted to do things his own way. So he wanted popularity, stuck being, he he didn't want to be stuck in this farm. He wanted to be out there where the people are, right? He wanted to be in the city. And so he wanted friends. He wanted friends to like him. If his friends were going to like him, he needed some stuff, right? He needed the new kicks. He needed the nice new robe. He needed maybe like some gold in his fingers.
guy went out it, um, I would say, in a foolish way. Because he was a lot like me. Um, when I was in high school, I cared more if I made it on that list to that party than if I made it on that, that list that's in the book of life. And for me, that's where my priorities were at. Fun, freedom, popularity. Okay. Hello? Ah, that's better. All right. So, um, yeah. So, let's go. Let's keep going in the story. So, 14. Um, it says, after he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So, he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. Ugh. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, Man, how many of my father's hired men have food to spare, and here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. So he got up. And went to his father. So here we see he hits rock bottom. I don't know if you've ever seen, uh, what is it called? Um, Intervention. Um, But some people hit rock bottom hard. They hit hard and they hit the bottom. Uh, This guy hit hard. He ended up on his knees in a pig pen. And I don't know if you've ever been around pigs, but they they stank. It was gross. Pigs eat anything. So you just throw out your trash to pigs and they'll eat it. And he longed to even eat that, but he couldn't even get some of that. Where are his friends at? Where is his posse? Where is his crew? They ditched him. They said, you don't have what we want, so we're gone. They went on to the next guy. And um, he was left all alone. That's how I was uh, when I was 18. I hit rock bottom. For me, rock bottom was getting arrested. Um, I don't know about you, but I never picture myself in handcuffs on the hood of a car, police car, um, on a Friday night. That was never my intention. I never thought that would ever happen to me, but it did. I hit a wall. And what happened was the cop, well, first the cop did a little test. He said, watch my finger. Don't move your head. Watch it with your eyes. I said, okay. I mean, I was gone, gone, clearly drunk. Um, so minor possession of alcohol um, is what I got. Well, what happened was he said, I'm going to take you down um, to the station right now, or you can call your parents and tell them to come down and pick you up. And I was across town at the time, and I was like, it was midnight, late at night. My parents were in bed, and uh, I was like, just call my parents. So my parents drove all the way down there, and I'll never forget the look in their face when they got out of that car and saw me handcuffed against the hood of that car. And um, I look over, and it's not that... If they were, like, angry at me, I think I would be okay. Because, right, you can deflect anger with anger. But it was that, like, look of disappointment, that look of hurt, when your mom's looking at you and said, I didn't raise you like this. Man, it, w- it hurt, and it... 
turned my heart and I said, God, I don't want to keep doing this. I literally remember closing my eyes and praying that night. And the officer, he was like, you know, doing a bunch of stuff. And he said, son, you falling asleep on me, boy? And I said, no, officer, I'm actually just praying. And literally I was, I was praying and I didn't really pray. I wasn't a praying man at that time, but I was praying um, that God, I said, God, if you can just get me out of this mess, I'm gonna live for you. And um, his rock bottom um, ended up being a lot like mine. Um, and so, but here's the key I want to point out in this, this verse um, 20. Verse 20 says this. So he got up and he went to the movies. No, no, that's not what it says. It says he got up and went to his girlfriend's house and they cuddled and like she said, it's okay, honey. Nope. Hold on, that's not what it says. Let me get my eyes straight. Um, he got up and went to another party. No, man, that's not it. Um, he, no, it says he got up and went where? To his father. Mm. This guy had it figured out. Because I don't know about you, but sometimes I can go to a lot of different places, but I don't go to God. And I should. Um. And this guy got it right because he went to his father. And here we go. Let's see what happens, right? Uh, verse 20. Let's keep reading. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. All right, that was not what I expected um, when I first heard this story. I expected, right? His dad was just going to be like, explain yourself. Where you been? Come on, come inside. You know, let's, let's sit down, let's talk. You know, like, maybe, like, giving him a lecture, maybe being like, get out of here. I don't want you. I don't want you back. Um, but he didn't. He actually ran. And in the, in the Middle East, you don't run. If you're a dad, if you're a father, that's, that's just, you just don't, right? You're just, like, stoic. But this dude, like, bolted. I never seen my dad run. Like, run, run. Um, have you guys ever seen your dad run, run? But it's just weird, right, to see a grown man run sometimes. But um, he was running. He was like, and he got there, man. And I could just see this big bear hug, boom, just getting him and just pouring out his love. This is what he said to him. He said, uh, the son said to him, Father, man, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. So he's, he's got a speech. He's saying, uh-uh. But his dad turns around and says to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fatted calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they begin to celebrate. And that's crazy, right? Like, what is going on? Like, he kills the fatted calf. Oh, you ever seen that movie, um, uh, Food Inc.? Anyone ever seen that? Okay, so no one's seen it. But it's a documentary. It's gross because there's this cow and it's alive and it has a hole cut out in the side of it. Like literally someone carved out a hole and the guy like stuck his hand in it anyways. Um, I won't go there. But uh, cows are huge. 
All right, they have a lot of meat on it. Uh, we have like a steak. A steak's about that big. Well, there's probably like 30,000 steaks. I don't know how many. On a, on a full fatted calf. Um, that's what he killed that night when his son came home. And that wasn't just, hey, let's, let's, let's invite like your like grandma and grandpa over and uh, Aunt Shirley for a little get together. This is like everybody's coming out because they didn't have a refrigerator back then. Right? You couldn't store your extra meat. So when you f- killed the fatted calf, you invited the block. This was a block party. So everybody came out. Everyone was like, what? Ooh. You killing the fatted calf tonight? Oh, yeah, yeah. What's it? You know, like, what's going down? What happened? And the father just got the gloat on his son. Hey, my son was dead. He's alive now. My son was, my son was lost. He's, he's, he's found. Let's celebrate. And that's where the party was at. But when not everyone was ex- as excited as the dad when, when this little guy came. Little guy, he's not little. Uh, this young man came home. Um, actually, he had an older brother. I don't know about you, but sometimes older brothers are, pff, they're just not cool to their younger brothers. I'm the youngest, so I got beat up. That's what just happens. Um, but... This older brother wasn't the coolest, um, and he actually had some issues, and let's see what happens. It says in verse 25, meanwhile, the older son was in the field, so he's kind of minding his business, doing his thing, working. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing, all right? So this is, it's a big party. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fatted calf because he has him safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. He's ticked off. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, who has squandered your property with prostitutes, comes home, you kill the fatted calf for him? I mean, he's angry. And his dad says, my son, the father said, you are always with me, and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad, because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. Wow, so this older son, he has some issues. Let's look at what he said to his dad. First, he addressed him not as a respectful son would, right? Hey, hi, dad, you know. He says, look, that's his first word. Um, and what does he go on to say? What, what word does he use a lot? I don't know if you noticed, but he uses I a lot. He says, you know, I've been slaving. He says, man, you, you never even gave me anything to celebrate with. And he's just as focused on himself as the older, as the younger son was when he ditched the farm and went into the city. But he didn't do it so openly. Because the younger son, man, he, he went wild, but everyone knew it, and so did he, that he was disrespecting his family, disrespecting his father. But this older son, he worked. He was a good kid. All right? He did what he was told. 
you know, that's a lot like I was as well when I was in middle school and high school. Because, see, I only really showed you the, the one side of, of me. I had another side, too. One where I did wear college shirts. And I did get a 3.6 GPA, a cumulative, in my high school. Um, I did do my homework. You know, I was able to land a job. And I had things together. I went to church every week. Hey, I was even a small group leader. Imagine that. And I was a good kid. And I kind of just hid my, my, my wild side. But if someone was to ask me, Evan, now are you a Christian? I would say, yeah, of course. I'm a Christian. And that's literally, honestly, what I thought. And here's the thing. I took all the good things from God, all the, the gifts, you know, all the freedom, you know, all the, all the resources that I had. I took that, but I didn't really want God. I didn't really want his authority over my life. I didn't really want a relationship with him. I just kind of wanted to act like I was a, you know, a good follower, a good kid. Um, but I was lost. <laughs> but I didn't look lost to most people, but I was lost. And here's the thing. The story doesn't have a happy ending for the older brother, and I wondered why. You don't see the older brother saying, oh, okay, Dad, I'm coming to the party. I talk. You're right. What happens? It just ends. The father says, Man, he explains everything I have is yours, all this stuff. It doesn't have any resolution for this guy. And I didn't share this, but if you were to look before this um, to the beginning of the chapter, before he starts telling these parables, it says, Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear him. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. So what he was really addressing was the religious folk. This story really wasn't about the younger son. It was about the older one. It was about the pride in his heart. And he couldn't see how he wasn't really enjoying his relationship with God. He didn't really have that that love. It was just a ritual for him. He was just going through the motions. And at the end of the day, it was all about what he could get, right? He said, why don't you, you didn't even kill a, you know, a little baby calf for me. And yet you killed this fatty calf for my, my messed up brother. And so here's the thing. There's two ways to be your own savior and Lord. You can live a good life and you can live a bad life. You can live a bad life, be your own savior and Lord by just going after things that would, right, bring that peace in your life, bring that protection in your life, bring that happiness in your life. Or you can live a good life and do those things that bring that goodness and that peace and that happiness in your life. But in both times, who's in control? It's you. It's not God. It's you. And I had to just step back and be like, Man, God, 
you know what? I do see myself in that younger son's story, and you might not. But there might be a piece of this story you've missed in the past, and it, it might be relevant to you today because here's the thing. Um, we all have this kind of mask that we wear sometimes. And it's, I'm a good kid. I'm a good person. Um, I go to church. I do all these things. But we really get excited about other things. We get excited about that guy who just texted me and thinks, man, ooh, I think, I think something's happening here. I think he's into me. And you text your friend and say, do you think so-and-so's into me? I don't know. I saw him looking at you in fifth period. And, ah, man, he's got some, some gorgeous eyes. And you're like, oh, and your heart flutters. Or you're like, man, we got this game on Friday. That's all I'm thinking about. I just got to win this game. I'm going to win this game, man. I'm working hard. Man, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, anything and everything becomes your passion and your joy, but your relationship with God. And God doesn't want you just to sit, you know, and just read your Bible every day and just be this, like, boring person. Because here, who's, who's representative of God in this story? The Father, right? What does the Father do? He throws a party, right? I don't know if we recognize this, but God loves parties. Who invented fun? How do we experience fun? God did, Right? Why do we all long to celebrate together after our favorite team wins the touchdown? We're like, ooh, yeah. We love that feeling. Well, that feeling is because we're created in God's image, and God cheers. God has celebrations. He says he celebrates even over one sinner who repents. I mean, there's a party going on in heaven. Where's the party at? It's, it's really within your relationship with God. Because all others... Man, at the end of the day, and I'd wake up after taking six or seven pills the next day, and I'd be like, man, like it felt like a, literally like a truck just hit me, and my head would hurt, and I'd just be like, oh, but that didn't, that didn't stop me, because I, I was putting my hope in these things instead of in my relationship with God, and you know, David got this. David, in the Old Testament, right, wrote all the Psalms, well, most of them. And he wrote Psalm 16, and in verse 11, he says this about God. You will make known to me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. In your right hand, there are pleasures forever. Let me read that again. In your presence is fullness of joy. In your right hand, there are pleasures forever. Is that how you view your relationship with God? Is that how much you treasure Jesus? Because here's the thing. Jesus was the ultimate older brother, right? He was the guy that didn't just stay, right, working, doing his own thing. He's the guy who left his home of heaven, went to the cross, not because he had to, because he chose to for you and I. And demonstrated his love by doing the most brave thing that I, anyone's ever done. And that especially anyone's ever done for me. No one's gone that far for me. Nobody. And you know what? God did that for you. 
And when you get that, all of a sudden your heart becomes changed. And all of a sudden these things that once satisfied you don't satisfy you as much anymore. And you, you seek the things above and you seek the things of God. And all of a sudden, me spending my afternoons in some dank, nasty neighborhoods that, man, their landlords just don't clean, that there's roaches on the ground. You know, there's kids that give me lip, but they're kids that, man, God said, go love them. Go spend time with them. And all of a sudden, that's where I get my joy from. I saw you guys beatboxing in the back, man. These guys, ooh, you better come down to Club Christ these guys can flow, all right? Because literally, like, I would love it. I would go there and be like, I'm so excited. I hope they flow today, man, because they would just, these guys I just hang out with, and, you know, in these neighborhoods, and they just, yeah, you know, they, and they just go, and it's like, yeah. You know, that's where I find my joy now. I find my joy in becoming a dad, whereas before I wasn't thinking about that. But that's, that's from God. God gives us that heart, right, to grow and to get married and have a family. I'm going to have a baby boy in about 30 days. Craziness. I'm so excited. It's more than 30 days. But I don't know how many days is it. 45? Okay, she knows it because, you know, she's got to deal with it every day. But um, 45 days, she's counting down. Um, and I'm excited about that. That's my joy. Not going out popping pills, not doing the party life, which, man, I don't know about you, but once you get out of high school, I've been out, I just had my 10-year reunion last year. You'll see. People don't shake that. Every year, they're stuck in that rut. And, man, you know, I see people, and I go on Facebook, and I'm like, what, what do they do with their lives? Like, what are they doing? And I see these pictures of them, you know, in the clubs, doing their thing, you know, like, and they haven't discovered where the party's at. They haven't discovered where the party's at. And you and I know it's in your relationship with Jesus. And let's not forget what the, what the older son had messed up. He thought it was all about what he could do. And all the father was inviting, he said, come. Come, have my joy. Celebrate with me. Be with me. And he said, I don't want none of that. And he refused to come close to his father. And here's the thing. Why isn't Jesus your reward? I mean, literally, why are you coming on Sunday nights? Why do you go to chapel in your school and learn about it? Or why do you spend time reading the Bible? Why do you go to camp? If that's not where the party's at, if that's not where your true joy is at, if that's not who just inspires you and who fuels you and who is your confidant that you go to when life just is falling apart and you need someone to talk to do you call it to the lord or do you call your friends man why is the xbox taking hours and hours of your time instead of going out there and serving and getting connected to the heart of god and what he's doing why is performing on the court more important than what you can do for someone else by serving and loving them and taking your time to invest into them. Why is good grades your ultimate? Why is that becoming your aim? All those things are good. We can redeem those things, but they have to flow out of having an intimate love relationship with God. 
And some of you guys learned about that, right, this past week at camp. And maybe you got hit with that. And maybe you're like, man, my, you went into camp thinking, man, my heart's this, this hard. And I need, I need some time. And you got that, right? Because where was your focus at? Your focus was on Christ. Your focus was on godly community. You talked about Jesus with other people. And that reoriented your heart. I need that. Every week I go to small group and I'm dry and I'm like, God, fill me up. I need more of you. I come in on Sunday morning being like, God, I just want to worship. And I need that connection. I run to the Father. Remember what the, young, what the younger son did? He got up and went to his father. And that's my prayer for you. And it's pretty simple. Go to your father. He loves you. That's where the party's at. And tell your friends, hey, you want to know where true joy comes from? Fullness of joy. I'll show you. And show them. Show them by the way you live. Show them by the truth of God's word. Show them by the community that you're in that doesn't need to put down people all the time. Doesn't mean to bag all people, but can build people up. That can love them and support them. Doesn't mean you need to be talking behind the back about people. But can say things like, hey, let's not talk about her. This, uh-uh. I don't want to say anything bad about her right now. She's not around. Uh-uh. And not participate in that because you're taking a stand for what God loves and what God cares about. Well, um, yeah, so that's that. And I want to pray for you guys. Uh, just pray for each of you guys. You've got a long summer still. Uh, just pray that you guys can draw near to Christ. So let's pray. Father, we, um, yeah, God, I know I've been uh, away in the fields and wondered if that sound that I hear is, is going to bring fulfillment, going to bring joy. Um, and just like the older son, God, I've, I've been like, I don't think so. I think I'm fine where I'm at. I'm not going to go into your house, God. And uh, Jesus, I pray that every one of us, God, we, we just get it. We get how good you are. We get how great you are, God. And we share that with others. And then our life's aim and focus, God, can be who you are and how good you are. And we could do the things that you desire for us to do. Not because you force us to, God, because you want us to. And that you love us. And that you've... Um, called us to something greater. And so, God, we just commit our lives to you again tonight. Um, And we ask you to orient our hearts to you and to show us again anew and afresh how good you are um, so we can adore you and love you and lift you. It's in Jesus' name we pray.